0: Today, in the Attorney Career Advice podcast with Harrison Barnes.
1: You're going to think, I'm working in a cool place, Uh, Uh, but there's someone that doesn't it. was the worst interview that I'd ever had. He said some answer that didn't make sense, and I told him. I was thinking not too long ago, I was working at this, with this woman that had gone to Yale Law School was first in her class from a huge university. And and had started off in a major New York City law firm, one of the top three or four, and then for whatever reason, had moved to a smaller legal market. I won't say what it was, but a big legal market, but a smaller one. And had gone to work with a big, very prestigious firm there and was very upset that she wasn't getting as much responsibility and literally called me crying about needing to move jobs because of this and very upset. And so this was a while ago, um, but that's not good. You have to be able to do the things you're asked, and you shouldn't have a sense of entitlement uh, for whatever that is. And so sometimes this is something that a lot of people do. And this, I will be honest with you, is a mistake that, that I made early on. I didn't know how to interview when I was a law student, and I made this mistake. And the moment I fixed this mistake, I started getting jobs very good, closing jobs. But when I was making this mistake, I would go into interviews and I would think, I need to tell this person all about myself. I need to show them what I've done. I need to tell them about my honors. I need to tell them how special I am. And honestly, and this is something also that people do on their resumes. They list every single accomplishment, no matter how small. They say, I was a member of the students for, I don't know, whatever. Better gardening at our school. I, I don't know, but something just completely ridiculous that all these things or they make the resume a, a chron- chronology of everything that they ever did. Researched an issue about uh, employment law uh, when they're a, I don't know, patent attorney or something, but they think it's important to list everything. So, no, you don't, you, you make the interviewer about you and not the employer in the work. So, all the interviewers doing and what's important to them is they're seeing if you're interested in the job. That's really what they're most concerned about. Are you moving up? Do you like them? Will you fit in? Is this something that if you get the job, it's gonna be mean something to you? This is what I talked about earlier. This is extremely important. If you look like you're interested in the job, the employer, is going to feel flattered. They're going to think, I'm working at a cool place. I, that's awesome. And you find good things to say about the firm and the job. And that's one of the most important things in the world. I talked about a while ago in another webinar, some of the most successful people. The most successful people, whether it's Bill Clinton, whether it's Henry Kissinger, that they become very successful people, are able to make people Think that they're interested in them and that those people are uh, very important or that they really like them. This is also, by the way, what a lot of successful grifters and con men do too as well. But the, the point is that in order to uh, have people give you something, you have to look like uh, you're interested in them and, and you're interested in the position. So if you make people feel good, they're going to like you. Now, if you seem more impressed with yourself, then the job and you want to talk about it and you believe that you need to convince the employer that you have the right skills and qualifications and that you've done everything and you were the president of this and the president of that or on this organization, that's not a good thing. All the employer is looking for is are you going to be around and focused on how you can be of service to the employer and how you're going to help the organization succeed? I can remember some of the people that were the best interviewers, with me uh, for different types of jobs, when I was interviewing, just say I'm interviewing someone to work in um, my house as a nanny or something, like they come in, and they talk about how they love children, how they love cooking, how they've taken a CPR class, how uh, all these things uh, that your job may, the job may require, uh, they'll, they'll make you believe that once they understand the job, That it's stuff they love and they'll be honest about it not like paying lip service to it it's just they're actually very interested in how they can help the organization succeed how they can make the people look better and this is what all interviewers do i remember once interviewing this guy that was interviewing for an hr position which at the time i think paid i don't know 85 or 100 a year to To do HR in our company. And his job was to find people to work there and to do preliminary interviews and all this. And, but this guy that came in, this one guy that came in, blew my socks off. And he was like, What is it you need? What, how can, how can you grow? How can you make people happier? How can, and all these questions that he was focused on. And then the guy was like in his 20s. It was just ridiculous. And he wanted $300,000 a year because he said he could do all these great things for me. Now, that was a real mistake because he would have gotten a job had he not said that. But the point is is that he blew my socks off, That that how much he knew and how much he could be of service and help and things. But that's you do that around the job and the employer. You don't do it uh, necessarily around yourself. You do it around the needs. And a lot of times, people come into interviews acting like the employer needs to impress them and that's not true your job really is to impress the employer and you make your you make the interview about the employer and what they need you don't make it about you and about your needs and about what you require and about what you expect and about all, all these sorts of things that's those things are minefields employers need to control you they need to be in charge they need to believe that that you're impressed by their job that you're impressed by them So who would you want to hire if you were, if you were, uh, if you were an employer, would you want to hire someone that you felt you needed to impress or you felt you needed to keep happy all the time or someone that was wanted to help you be happy and wanted to uh, those sorts of things? Who would you want to hire? You just have to put yourself in the shoes of the employer, like, or would you want to take, or would you want to hire someone that went in and talked about themselves all the time? I remember this is a funny story. Actually, it's not funny. When I was in college, all these banks and different employers came to interview people, and I would get these interviews, and and then the employers would ask me to talk about things on my resume, and I would sit there and go into excruciating detail talking about papers and academic papers and things that were absolutely of no interest to the to the employers, and I would talk about them for uh, much more than I should have, without asking questions about the employer, without trying to impress them, without asking what they needed, without asking like I was uh, someone that uh, could be hired. And so these are big problems. If you have an ego and you're talking about yourself, uh, you're making uh, a huge mistake.
0: Do you know the secrets to getting your dream legal job? We do. And one of the best things you can do is apply to jobs that fly under the radar. Applying to openings with very little competition means you stand a much higher chance of getting hired. But how do you find openings like that? For starters, you're not going to find them on major job boards, because these jobs are usually only advertised on companies' websites and in small regional publications. That is why we created Law Crossing, the most comprehensive database of legal jobs in the world. We have a team of people constantly working to find every single legal job out there. Unlike other job boards, which only list jobs that companies pay to post, we include every legal job we can find in order to maximize your chances of finding a job. So what are you waiting for? Head over to www.lawcrossing.com to find your dream legal job today.
1: You need to look like someone uh, that can be controlled and that will do the things that are expected of you and, and not make it about you. So I remember my second year of law school, I was watching the people that were getting jobs at some of these incredible firms. Now, I got a job with a good firm in New York, but I certainly didn't get a job at the best firms. I wouldn't do that until later. Uh, But I would get a job with these, go in these interviews, and people that didn't have as good of grades as I had, people that didn't have uh, the personality, uh, the drive and Started, start all these businesses and you know, written books, and, and none of them were published, unfortunately. But anyway, the point is that I've done all this stuff, and and I wasn't able to get jobs with the same firms as people that I had great, better grades in that I with the same firms. And so I wondered, I was like, wow, these people that are getting these great jobs appear to me like they're just, and I don't know what the word is, but they're just milk toast. They're not that exciting. Uh, they, they but there's someone that doesn't, by any stretch of the imagination, have more confidence. I had a lot of confidence that doesn't have a lot of confidence. They don't have as much confidence as I have. They're not all these sorts of things. And so that was it. The people that were getting the best jobs, I realized, were people that looked like they would be able to go, that they would work for an employer. And the employer, by God, would be much more uh, important. Uh, and impressive than them. And they would follow directions and they would do what is asked and they wouldn't think that they were better than the employer. And that's what I thought. I was like, why should I be working in a law firm when I have this great business that I started when I was in high school? It was an asphalt contracting business that did very well financially. Why should I be working in a law firm? What can you offer me? Why don't you tell me why I should, this is what I've done. I've made all this money. I've done all these things. Why should I I'm thinking? Why should I be working in the law firm? And then looking at these attorneys and being like, I don't know. You, you don't seem eh. so. The point is that you have to impress the employer. None of this is about you. You do not have to impress the person. Now, if they say, How are your grades? And you say, I'm third in my class, that's great. But the employer still doesn't need to. You, the employer doesn't. You don't need to act as if the employer needs to impress them. You need to be as humble as you possibly can. And, and, and make the person like you. And this is something, by the way, that the most successful people all do. And I don't know how many different ways to say this. So I'll give you one more example uh, that I think is interesting. So I used to live in a house in Malibu uh, that was originally built as the guest house of a giant mansion next door. And this was a house on on a cliff overlooking the water with a path down to the very nice house that this guy had. And and I met this man and used to talk to him. And he had a house that was probably the the largest beachfront house in Malibu, maybe on the West Coast of the United States. Now it was dated, but it was just something ridiculous, like 30,000 square feet or something. And he had a 20 car garage. This is literally on the beach. You just don't see this stuff. And he was old. He was like probably in his 80s when I met him. And and then he also had built the the down airport Hilton or the down or the Beverly Hills Hilton. And he'd been a very successful builder. And he had apparently the largest piece of land that had its own lake or something in Beverly Hills. So this guy, meanwhile, I'm living in his guest house that itself was. I thought it was pretty nice. And so I used to talk to him and I'm like, how are things going? And he, he would always deflect the conversation and be like, oh, I'm not doing that. One. It's hard, things are tight, and and deflect the conversation and never allow anyone to be impressed with him. And on the contrary, he would want, he would make it so people would like him and and not he would never bring his achievements and so forth forward. And I thought that was remarkable. And and lots of people that I met a guy not too long ago that was a partner at Goldman Sachs when it went public and made, you know, I don't know, probably a hundred million dollars or something. And and he the same thing. I knew him for weeks and had no idea that he was this tycoon that and and he'd actually started after I met him, he started another company that was became a public company and he was running it. I had no idea. So the point is that people that are the most successful, that get the most jobs, that do well, never try to have people impressed by them. I don't know how to say it, meaning you don't wear more expensive clothes than your boss. You don't drive a, a more a nicer car than your boss. So a lot of the most successful people, by the way, uh, and as a matter of fact, I would say most of the most successful people do not drive nice cars. Uh, they, they drive older cars that don't attract a lot of attention. Uh, they don't want people to to try to feel like they need to be impressed with them. Because anytime you do that, you're just sending people away and making them uh, uncomfortable with you. And you just don't do it. You want people to like you and, and you do that by being very humble. So I'm trying to emphasize this because this is something that hurts a lot of people. Now, it may not be hurting you, but you may be someone that does these things, doesn't realize it, and that ends up ultimately harming you think of warren buffett one of the richest he lives in the house he bought in 1970 for thirty thousand dollars or whatever, and drives and you just don't need to impress people you if you want people to support you to take care of you to hire you you need to be humble and hum not humble is expelled just expelled from from law firms it's, and again, this is the same thing the partners do. Partners do not act like they're super successful in front of their clients. They don't pull up to their clients' businesses and Rolls Royces. They they look they act like they're servants to their clients, and they're very unobtrusive. They're not. This is what they do. Now, certain attorneys, like personal injury attorneys, and things, may be able to get away with that. But for the most part, if you're working for a law firm, that's how people behave. And I, again, I'm sorry to spend so much time on this, but. It's very important if you're doing it. It's You have to be humble. You have to not attract attention. You have to do things that will make uh, the employer comfortable with you and like you are their servant. Uh, again, if you act like you uh, have more money, if you act like you, all these things will hurt you. So you have to be going in with the idea that you're, you want to uh, do the job, that it's important to you. You don't draw attention to any type of accomplishment that's going to uh, make you look like you're, uh, that you think you're more important or better uh, than this job with the employer. Okay, another one is appearing defensive and angry. I've seen this a lot. Uh, uh, people uh, have stuff that they need to work through. I have certainly have this in my personal life on occasions occasion, so I'm not saying this is something that you uh, you don't have yourself uh, that I don't have. But a lot of times people will go into a job uh, and they may be angry uh, with their former employers. Something bad may have happened. Sometimes they've lost their job during layoffs or sometimes they've been fired um, by a, a, survi- a supervisor who had it out for them. And honestly, this happens a lot. Sometimes some something will happen and the, whoever they're working for will some switch will will flick, and I don't know why it is, and the person will be suddenly very, very much unlike. And what's interesting about this is I, I've noticed this probably more with patent attorneys than any other type of – I see it all the time with patent attorneys. I don't know why patent attorneys get so mad at each other. I don't know why if someone upsets a the boss of a patent attorney or the patent attorney upsets their boss by people or so – angry, but it definitely happens. And and I don't, again, I don't know why, but a lot of times people will also lose their jobs for other reasons and be angry about it. And this just happens. Sometimes uh, people will also be angry at different portions of society. I was interviewing someone not too long ago, and suddenly they started talking about how they were happy with the job, or the job we had, but if Trump won re-election, they were leaving the country and they were serious. And I'm not on either side politically. I'm not this that's not something that is worth my energy to get involved with because why would I want to alienate half of my half the country? So that's just my position. I'm not saying that's right or wrong, but a lot of times people will take sides on things. I've seen I saw I have people all the time that will put these organizations and things on their resume that will could potentially cause people to be upset i saw one woman again i'm not trying to that was a victim of something i'm, I'm not even going to say what it was because it doesn't matter but had on her resume all this stuff about how she was members of all these victim things and it it's obviously person was very angry if you start putting things that show you're angry about something some cause that could be politicizing that's not good when people lose are angry about looking through for a new job, whether angry at their former employer, that comes through and and it can be harmful. So the the idea is that you need to appear uh, excited. If you're angry or upset or defensive, then then that's going to end up not helping you very much and then in lots of times interviewers are going to bring up things in your background that that will upset you and and you have to stay calm and not get angry i had an instance once where it was the worst interview that i'd ever had i had gone out i had joined my law firm my first law firm and i had another i had a good friend of mine from high school that had gone to harvard law school and was working at this entertainment firm on the other side of los angeles from Where I was working. And when I moved to Los Angeles, I had taken the bar in what was it? I don't know, July. And so here I was, I'd started my job in like early September. And this guy was calling me to go interview with this firm that sounded, he made it sound incredible, like people were driving around, doing all these deals and convertibles and meeting the stars and stuff. So I thought, this sounds fun. He was trying to convince me to go interview there, Uh, but I found out later because he got a commission.
0: Do you wanna grow your legal career? A lateral move might be the right choice to get you on track for your career goals. Working with a legal placement firm like BCG Attorney Search can open doors for you and help you live the life you dream of. If you're looking for a new legal job, send us your resume so we can help visit www.bcgsearch.com and click on submit resume to be paired with one of our legal placement professionals who will work tirelessly on your behalf to get you your dream legal job submit your resume to www.bcgsearch.com to get started today
1: I went to interview there and I went into this interview and it was I was doing a full round of interviews but I went into the one of the first or second interviews and this guy started saying, what is wrong with you? Why are you interviewing as a, a law clerk? How could anybody possibly be so disloyal to their firm? Like, wh- why would you, why would we hire you if you're doing this? And I don't know what was wrong with this guy, but I got very upset and I was just like crushed. I didn't understand why, how someone could possibly be so mean. And this friend of mine was literally calling me like, two or three times a week saying I'd be perfect for this entertainment job or whatever. And so finally I said, okay. And, and I went in and this is what happened. And I was crushed that I basically, after one more interview, I had no motivation or energy to stay around the firm. I was so upset that I canceled. I was like, I'm done. I'm sorry. Uh, This is, I'm not comfortable here. And so I'm going to leave. And then my friend called me after the interview and said, all of your reviews were awesome. Even so-and-so liked you, meaning the um, the guy that was mean to me. Why did you leave? And so the point is that I didn't stay calm. Uh, I got angry, and I went home that night, and I remember how upset I was. Um, I had this Labrador that usually was just lying around sleeping, and he could tell how uh, upset I was and came up and was like hugging me the whole night. I was really crushed by that. So you have to be careful about being staying calm and not getting angry. And you never want to seem at all negative or judgmental of a former employer. I had something else happen to me that was very funny, but not funny. I was interviewing with this firm that I ended up going to work for, but it was this firm called Dewey Valentine in Los Angeles. And I went into this guy's office for an interview and he was maybe a you know, mid fifth or sixth year or something at that point. And he had this book this giant textbook about I was just say it about proctology like it was volume 2 or something right above his head I have no idea what was going on with that because he was just a commercial litigator um, but he had that and and he was interviewing me and just very uptight and serious and and then he asked me my resume he said my brother went to University of Virginia Law School and he graduated in May why do you have June on here And I said, I think. I think you're right. I think I put the wrong month. And he he looked around and was upset and and he basically got up and left me in this office for 15 minutes and and I was just what the hell's going on? And then he came back. I think I don't even think he came back. The the woman that was in charge of giving me a tour and stuff and leading me to our office says so-and-so doesn't have time to interview you today. And it looks like lunch is canceled for this reason. So I think you're all done. And I was like, wow, okay. And so I left, I didn't get calm. I went, when I got to my car, I called, I was working with a recruiter and uh, he said, don't worry. I, I'm going to basically tell them that this was my mistake that we retyped your resume or something and I will fix it. And and I was like, I don't know. And, and, but anyway, he did that or he called them or something and fixed it. And then a couple of weeks later, I got um, a call from the firm. And they said, we'd like to have lunch or we'd like to meet you for drinks or something and, and end up getting an offer. But the point is that had I flipped out and there and I was just very calm or I had started sending emails, sorry for my mistake and everything, I probably would have. And as it turned out, that was just a horrible place to work probably the worst career mistake of my life because the culture was like that about people being really on edge but you have to be very careful this is just another thing that people do a lot of people talk too much you have to remember that it's always true that loose lips sink ships loose lips sink ships and so if you say too much then you're giving the employer reasons not to hire you as an aside i would i will say that the smartest people that i have ever met And that I know, meaning people often that go to the best law schools and the smartest there and that they they will do more, much more listening than talking because you can learn uh, a lot by listening. Whereas if you talk, you will often show your naive, how naive you are, you will show if you give too much information, even if it's to appear about something, those people are competitive with you and they will use that information to to, to basically to get back at you or, or to compete with you. Or if you provide too much information, you may, I, I don't know, you can make all sorts of mistakes. You need to be very careful about how much information you provide. You don't need to do a lot of talking. And honestly, uh, the best interviews are when the person being doing the interviewing is talking the most. They have to. like. It's just you need to be very careful. So I've seen people tell people that they've recovered from drugs, alcohol, things like that. And that's a good thing. I'm sure there's a substantial portion of society that has kicked, whether it's smoking or uh, drugs or alcohol or pills, that has kicked that stuff. And a lot of uh, attorneys are. But the problem is once you say something like that, You've, you're basically giving people something that they can use against you in, in the future, or you're framing yourself in a way that people will identify you with other people that they know that might not have had such good results with getting off whatever these substances are. So you you really, you have to be careful about this sort of thing. You need to do uh, whatever you can to, to make sure that you're not telling people about these sort of problems. If you tell people, that they will use it against you. They will use it against you in perpetuity, meaning they will remember it and they will question you because of, it, because of that. And I've actually hired people that had that told me that they had cleaned themselves up and they were clean and they had, they're doing so well. And, and since I know people personally that have done this and had good results, I certainly was able to have a lot of understanding and hired them, uh, believing that they deserved a second chance and they were the most qualified for the position. Both of them ended up relapsing. You need to keep things that people can use against you or that will cast you in a negative light to yourself. I interviewed one that when he had a gap on his resume, I asked him where these three years were and he said some answer that didn't make sense. I told him that it didn't make sense and he told me that he'd just gotten out of prison for some doing some sort of fraud. I had to, in the interview, but I had to spend some time doing that, and I did. I had another guy uh, come into an interview. He was actually uh, on a, we have made the decision to hire him, and uh, we're out for uh, a, a very nice uh, steak dinner in downtown Los Angeles at a great restaurant, and and my wife at the time, came to the interview and he told me that his stepson and stepdaughter were, uh, no, actually his daughter, I think it's stepson, were having a sexual relationship. And and he said he was uncomfortable with it. I was very uncomfortable with with that as well and why that was going on. And my wife at the time was visibly shaken. Like she did not like that. And we thought it was pretty awful and someone almost got a job.
0: That's all the time we have for this edition of the show. If you are an attorney looking for a change, head on to bcgsearch.com.